You're listening to the Voice of One podcast. Subscribe, contact us, and learn more at voiceofonepodcast.com. Now, here's your host, Terrence Clark. Hello, this is Terrence Clark from the Voice of One podcast. And we began last time to share a little bit how this came about. Friend of ours, Frank and Christina Sasso, Brother Frank said to me, he said, been saying it to me for years, uh, but here we are. He says, you got to have a broadcast. You got to get what you're saying out there in the audio and so that people can hear what you have to say. And so that you were here for the second broadcast and as we ask all the time, and here I go talking in the we. My dad used to do that years ago. Could never extend, understand why he, as a singular, always spoke in the we, but that's what he did. So... Here I am. So I'm, I guess I'm talking about my team and all those behind me. So I guess that applies there. As I do all the time when I go to minister and to speak as a preacher, as a minister, and as a gospel singer, I always ask the Lord, what do you want me to minister on to this particular group of people? So I believe that you listening today, this is what God has for you and has for me because I'm listening as well. And so I asked the Lord, what was it? And prior to that, Frank's beautiful wife, Christina, had told Brother Frank to tell Terrence to read a book called Quantum Glory. And of course, that caught my attention because I'm very interested in that subject of quantum physics, quantum mechanics, anything dealing with light, light theory, and particularly in its application, its relevance or its relationship to the Word of God and the glory of God. And so... We began last broadcast, our first broadcast, to delve just a little bit into the glory of God. And I left off talking about the meeting place of God, that the glory of God refers to, and it's so broad. So, And we got to understand that when a minister or a teacher, a Bible teacher, or even somebody talking on the Word of God, and we give an explanation, illustration, surely it might not be all-inclusive to the fullness of what that word says. Now that doesn't make that individual sharing a liar or doesn't mean that they missed it. It just means that God is so big. You know, there are certain parameters that yes, he does fall into or does put himself into. Uh, for example, God will never lie. So you'll never find a place that somebody's sharing something that makes God out a liar. God says a word is truth. There are certain parameters that we know that God has kept himself in, but he's so vast. So there are things that we'll share that will speak to the revelation of the message or what is needed at time. But on another time, talking about that same scripture, it might be another revelation of God. All still true because God is so powerful and he's so mighty, he's so full. And the fullness of him is known not just going to church on one Sunday or not even just reading the Bible one time. Fullness of God is established in a relationship with Him. It's an ongoing. That's why you can read the same scripture 50 times. And every time you read it, it will bring a new revelation, a new glory to you. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. The same scripture can meet your need in your relationship. God can use the same scripture to meet your need in your finances. I don't know how He does it, but He does it. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. So last time, we ended talking about God's feeling. Hey, I'm going to use that. Because uh, I asked the Lord when Israel, and you have to go back and listen to podcast one, when God 
met Israel at the mountain, Mount Sinai, after delivering Mount of Egypt for 400 years. I'm talking to the Lord, and I'm telling the Lord, that must have been a wonderful thing. Your children, at last, for 400 years, are there in your presence to worship. In fact, that's what Moses told Pharaoh. He said, you have to let my people go, God's people go, because we need to go to worship. And worship is not a one-way street. Worship is not just, you know, us sitting in the service and just running our mouth. Or even just sit in in the service and hear the preacher preach. Worship is a dialogue. Worship is a communication. It's receiving to God. It's giving to God. It's like it's ending in relationship. There's a give and there's a take. There is a, there's a listen and there's a hear. There's a time of fellowship. This is all worship. Amen. I, just a little sidebar. Amen. Praise God. When Jesus visits the woman at the well, and he began to disclose to her, her and to begin to tell her about herself, that conversation of the well turned into a discourse, a message, or a revelation on worship. Because everything goes back to worship. Worship will include not just only Sunday or going to church, and not only just your prayer life. Worship would include how you do things, how you deal with your fellow men, how you deal with your neighbor, how you go to work, how you drive your car, how you respond to somebody that act towards you differently than what you wanted them to do. All that involves the worship. But worship is not just a thing, it is a place. It is a relationship. As we talked last time, with most of the things of God, I would say all the things of God, are relationship-based. Even faith is a relationship thing. Faith is not just getting your needs met. Faith is not just the manifestation of a physical thing, even though that's, that can be part of it. Faith is a relationship of, of dependence on God, a ho the Holy God, the God that created all things, that not, not only has He done it today uh, with this project, that he'll do it tomorrow and then the next day. And for eternity, God will always be there. That's God's name. It's one of his names. Faithful. So I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, that must have been an exciting thing to finally meet your people for 40 years. And the Lord said, no. And he, fast, he said, there's, there's another time. And I was fast forwarded to another t place in our history, but there in Israel's future, when Jesus, born on the virgin, God manifests in the flesh, St. John chapter 1, verse 1, and then verse 14. God's manifest glory. The Son of God. It's God, all man, but yet all God manifests, walking amongst the, His people, touching people. He would take, Jesus would take little children in His arms. He wouldn't send the children off to the nursery or the children's church. He would take the children into His meetings. And he would embrace them. He would take time out of the service and pray for them and bless them. Just think about the children that Jesus blessed in his ministry. I know as his encounter with children today that when Jesus blesses you, their lives were never the same again. Hallelujah. That's a good encouragement to some of you listening who have children ministries or desire to have children's ministry. Jesus impacted a child at any age. But Jesus impacted a child at a young age has set the course for that child's life. And that child, that human being, male and female, black, white, red, yellow, any nationality, will never be the same again. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we'll talk about that more in upcoming podcasts. So, I said to the Lord, that must have been a wonderful thing. You here in the person of Jesus, 
touching people, praying for them, meeting their needs, talking to them, forgiving them. And he said, no, that wasn't the greatest time. Uh, so he's got me on a roll. So, well, Lord, where are you going with this? So he took me into the future from that standpoint of Jesus' ministry, but in the past where I, he was talking to me. And he took me to the place. There came a time on the day of Pentecost. And Jesus said this right before, 10 days before Pentecost. Jesus, before he went back into heaven, he told his disciples, he said, I'm going to pray to the Father. Well, he had been telling them that all along. But he said, I'm going to send, the Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Godhead of the Trinity, the third person of God, God the Spirit. God, not a force. The Holy Ghost is not an act of force. The Holy Ghost is the person. Read the Bible. He has feelings. He knows he's a part of God. Amen. He moved upon the planet when it was in the creation, when it's being created. It's the Holy Spirit. You, he can be grieved, the Bible said. He were warned not to lie against him. And so he said the Holy Spirit was coming. And, and in Pentecost, they waited. He said, wait here until you be endued with power from the Holy Ghost. And on the tenth day, the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, when it was fully come, there was a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And fire, tongues of fire, lit on their head. And they began to speak with other tongues. And the Bible says, this incident, they were full or filled with the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost filled these people. 120 men and women that were there. And the Lord said, that was it. That was the time when he, up to now, where he is actually living and indwelling on the inside of his children. You know, that's still real today. God is looking to live on the inside of his children. In fact, the Bible calls those of us that are saved, are children of God, that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. In fact, I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 6 at the end of that chapter said that we are not our own. We are brought with a price. We are a temple of the Holy Ghost. People at the gym get it wrong. They say that the body is the temple. No, that's incorrect. Your body is not the temple. It's perfectly and was designed to be the tabernacle, the indwelling place of the Holy Spirit. God desires to live on the inside of us. We all become, as being children of God, become a tabernacle for His presence. So, we've been talking about the glory of God, and we've talked about in podcast number one, that the glory of God is God's tangible, manifest presence. Going back into the Old Testament, and I jotted down a couple of scriptures, I was careful in these podcasts not to get too deep. Go look up our articles on voicecnc.com. But Psalms 19 talks about the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament, or the atmosphere, or the heavens or everything else, <laughs> the sky, show forth his handiwork. When the sky, we see the stars, the moon, the sun, the, and all the things, the wonderful things that God has made in their grandeur. And yet at the same time, in all of their, the power of those objects, they're there to help us. And every time we look at them, it's a spark in us that God made that. They represent God. The Bible said the heavens. Some people, somebody said to me, well, science in the Bible contradicts. I beg your pardon. No, science in the Bible don't contradict. Science and God don't contradict. Science is what God created so that we can get a physical picture of him, what he's done, his handiwork. Every time I hear about a scientific adventure or find scientific finding, I say, praise God. He made that because that stuff just doesn't work. Without the Creator, be God. Having made that, 
and purpose in that on purpose that all the systems that they exist in creation that God designed it and they're all function to work perfectly and intricately together. So we've been talking about the glory of God all through the Old Testament and through the New Testament. And going through the Old Testament, we see these manifestations of God's presence. Moses before God, he asked God. And this was on the mountain when Israel was at Sinai. And Moses goes up on the mountain and receives God said, Come on up here. God talk to you. And Moses goes up on the mountain to talk to God. And you find this in Exodus chapter 33 and 34. After all the miracles that were done, all the wonderful things that God had did by delivering Israel out of Egypt, ten wonderful miracles that happened that, that you know, Pharaoh thought at first, eh, we got under, we can figure this out. Pharaoh thought he was pen and teller and fool us. And he, he thought that they could figure it out. But God kept on those miracles and got to a place where Pharaoh's magician said, eh, we don't know how he did that. Moses is God, must be God. Amen. And God just showed himself off. And then it got to the big one where the firstborn of Pharaoh's house and all of Egypt died. But Israel's firstborn was kept alive because they obeyed God by the keeping of blood. Of the blood of the Lamb, which is the type of Christ. So even with all this, and even in the wilderness, God would do wonderful things to Israel. He would feed them supernaturally with bread from heaven. God would do all these wonderful things. Well, this actually right before this incident. Moses on the mountain. And Moses said to God, he says, We're not going any further. I'm not going to lead these people any further. Unless I know that your glory goes with me. Your presence goes with me. Moses wasn't just satisfied in seeing the miracles. Moses wasn't just satisfied in seeing the power of God operation. Moses wanted to know that the tangible presence of God, he wanted to be sure, even though that was in God's plan, that he wanted to be sure that God's tangible presence is what is going to go with them. I think that's so good. And as we talked about before, that's what we get in the Word of God. God's Word is not just the pages of a book. God's Word is a tangible thing. If we were read God's Word in that vein and allow the Holy Spirit to, to, he's the one who wrote it. Jesus said that the words that I speak, they are spirit in their life. God's words are more than the words of Shakespeare or an encyclopedia or a text or something you read on your Kindle. God's words are living. There's a lie. They're, they're phenomenal. <laughs> Glory to God. I used to have a boss that used to say that. It's phenomenal. God's word is phenomenal. And even with seeing all that, Moses said to God, I'm not going to go any further. We're not going any further until I have this assurance that your presence go with us. He said, told God, show me your glory. Mm -mm. One of the greatest passages of scripture that's in the Bible. Show me your glory. I believe God set him up. I believe that's God's, what's God's written the ten. He wanted to reveal himself to Moses. But God told Moses, he said, you can't do it. You can't look at my glory. No man can see my glory and live because here's here we go. It's that sin thing again. From the change from when God created Adam in the Garden of Eden without sin. And God would come down the garden to meet with Moses. And then but you know, the sin got in Adam sinned and disobeyed God. And God and Adam was cut off from the presence of God. God couldn't have that same intermingling with man that he could before. Because sin will kill you. God said that. And then he told Adam, to the day you eat, the day you disobey me, you'll die. And the life of God cannot come in connection with sin. Not on that level. It will totally wipe out the person who's in sin. 
God said, told Moses, said, you can't see my glory and live. I can't intermingle with your life. But here's what I'm going to do. Because this is the desire of God, the Father. This is the desire of God, Jesus. This is God, desire of God, the Holy Spirit. He still wants to fellowship and be a part of our life. God wants to be a part of your life. He wants to partner with you. He wants to be your daddy. My friend, Brother Frank, has a, a podcast called Who's Your Daddy? God wants to be your daddy. He wants to be our daddy. He wants to be our papa. And God said, here's what I'm going to do, Moses. He said, I'm going to put you in the cleft I'm going to carve out a place in the rock. I'm going to put my hand over you. I'm going to pass by. And he said, I'm just going to let you see my tail end pass by. And the tail end of God represents, he said, because you can't see my face. I'm just going to let you see my passing by as I go by. You're going to see that. Can't see the whole thing yet, but you're just going to see a little bit about me, just as I go by. And God did that, so God put a parameter. Moses, and I believe that parameter was his word. I'm going to let you see that. I'm going to let you see a little bit. And God passed by. Read it in Exodus chapter 34, 33 and 34. And God passed by, and he declared himself. I'm not reading it right now, so I'm paraphrasing it. So you look it up. God passed by and said, the Lord, full of truth, full of grace. And talked about his forgiveness in that. But he went through declaring and proclaiming his name. Proclaiming of who he was. His mercy in his name was a proclamation. A parameter of his glory. That Moses was able to see the power and the presence of God. And that passion of God. So much that it got all over Moses' skin. All over his flesh. That when he came down from the mountain, his skin glowed. With the light of God so much that the people couldn't even look at Moses' skin because of the light that the presence of God had affected him and was shining out from him in the glory of God. And he had to put a veil over his face. And every time he read the word that God gave him, the law of the Ten Commandments, the veil had to be put over his face. But we're not in that day anymore. And we'll talk about that in the upcoming podcast. But we're in the presence of the glory of God. We're in a different time, a different dispensation. And it's all through the blood of the cross. We won't make you wait for that. And I just invite you right now, those on this podcast, if you never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, if you don't have a relationship with God, I was talking to a young lady not too long ago, and I said, do you know him? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And she said to me, first she says, well, I'm a Catholic. Now, I didn't say that to this Catholic. I'm talking about the mindset, or the religiosity. I don't care if you're Baptist. I don't care if you're Methodist. If your basis on your relationship with God is based on your religious activity, then you're missing it. And you better check yourself. You might not be saved. And I said to her, I didn't ask you that. I asked you, well, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And then she said to me, she says, well, I love science. And I doubt. I doubt she doubts exists a God because of science. And I said to her, oh, I love science too. It just tells me about what God has done. And I said, but I didn't ask you that. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? So I shared with her the gospel. The simple story. Jesus died on the cross and rose again for your sins. God is not asking us to figure him out or even really try to understand him. Is to believe him. He said, if we come as a little child. You know little children don't try to figure out their parents. They're God. They'll be far ahead. They don't try to figure them out. They receive them. Oh, you're my daddy. You're my mommy. Children receive God. And then in the receiving be, develops the lifestyle, the dependency, the knowingness. God said, said, becomes a little child. He didn't ask us to figure him out or to understand him. 
He asks us to receive Him. And when we receive, knowing that we didn't create ourselves, but our design took it created. We're created in His image. And we come to Him believing, then changes begin to happen. We accept Jesus, the Lord and Savior. The Bible says, Jesus said, you're born again. The great teacher Nicodemus said, how can a man enter back into his mother's womb? Jesus said, you don't understand these things. And he got down to the nitty gritty. We're not talking about going back in. We're talking about a spiritual rebirth. We're talking about being born again from the inside out. It's like popcorn, the hard kernel of a popcorn being exposed to the heat. And it puffs and it turns into something that never existed before. A new creation in Christ Jesus. I just shared with you the gospel. Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again. All you have to do is receive that. Believe in your heart. I just preached it to you. The Bible says, how can they hear without a preacher? How can they preach except they be sent? Well, I've been sent. You're here to hear. Just say this with me. Say, God in heaven, I believe with all my heart. I'm a sinner. I didn't make myself, and I can't save myself. I know things aren't right. I know things aren't at peace. In me. I stopped the lie. Right now. It was just preached to me. Because you sent. This podcast to me. This preacher to me. To share with me. The goodness of the Lord. Your goodness. That Jesus Christ. The son of God. The lamb of God. Died on the cross. Took my place. And pay the penalty of my sin. My disobedience to you. And Jesus said, if I would believe that and receive that in my heart and confess it, say it with my mouth, I would be saved. I believe it. I'm saying it now. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Well, if you said that from your heart and you believe it, remember, you don't have to understand it. You just need to believe it. Praise God. The Bible says you're born again. Praise God. The Holy Spirit just came inside you to live. Praise God. This moment on, your eternity has been changed. Don't worry about, well, what if I don't live up to what I just said? You don't have to worry about it. You now have a helper living inside of you. He's called the Holy Spirit. He will cause the Word of God and the love of God to open up to you. Well, this is Terrence Clark from the Voice of One broadcast, the Voice of One Christian News and Commentary, VoiceCNC.com. Check us out and be blessed because you are blessed. Remember that Jesus Christ is absolutely Lord. Hope this helps you. You've been listening to the Voice of One podcast with Terrence Clark. Visit us at VoiceOfOnePodcast.com to subscribe, ask questions, leave reviews, learn more, and even post testimonies because everyone has a story.